0: We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. Joshua chapter 24. I'm going to read 15, 16. When you have it, just say, I got it. It's going to be very familiar to you. And if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose you this day whom you, whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Watch verse 21. Skip down with me very quickly to verse 21. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay. But we will serve the Lord. And watch what Joshua says. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now, therefore, put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, The Lord our God, And the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. Today I want to preach to you on this subject, a witness against yourself. A witness against yourself. We pray together, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. And I ask you today, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and our minds. I pray that you would enlighten us, that you would encourage us. Uh, that you would mature us, that you would grow us through this word, uh, that you would convict us through this word and inspire us through this word. And Lord, help us today to not only be hearers of this word, but also be doers of it. And we'll be so careful to give you the praise and the glory. And someone shout in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you for standing with us and worshiping with us today. Amen. Amen. A witness against yourself. This story in Joshua, Joshua 24, has been um, meddled over a thousand times or probably 10,000 times. We've heard it. Some of you got a plaque in your house, choose you this day whom you shall serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Some of you got a coffee mug. Some of you got a T-shirt. Some of y'all got some of that farmhouse stuff, it's like the that farmhouse stuff, the black and white stuff. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Some of y'all bought some off Joanne Gaines' website. and um, it's, it's a good verse, you know. It's like one of those verses that, man, it's, it's a verse and it's versatile. Like, man, we can just, like there's so many good things. There's so many good things that we could speak from this word. Like, today, choose you this day whom you will serve. Ask for me and my house like I don't know what y'all about to do but for for me and my house me and my family me and my children we have decided to serve the Lord and beautiful beautiful word and meaningful I could I could literally preach that today and that would be good enough today is father's day as you probably have already guessed and we've said many times and so today I'm I'm preaching to dads in this house I'm preaching to fathers in this house um because Nobody can make the decision but you. Nobody. If if a if a child comes to church, uh, if you have have ever heard this study before, uh, then you understand it because um, when they when they do surveys and do studies, they have found that if a child will come to church, there's about a twenty a 10 to 20% chance that the parents will follow the child. If, if the mother comes to church, there's about a 20 to 30% chance that the child, the children and the father will, will come to church. However, if a father comes to church, there is a 90% chance the family will follow the father. That's, that's a massive leap. It's a massive leap. You know why? Because God designed the father to be the leader. Like I understand culture, I'm not I'm not up here today, uh, you know, to get in no trouble. I'm not up here today to talk about politics and whatnot. So that's just not. If you know me, that's not that's not who I am. But I will meddle. I like to meddle every now and again. But I'm I, I'm not here to like cause no trouble. I'm not trying to cause no trouble. I'm just telling you that God designed the man to be the leader. Like that's just how God made it. Like we we keep trying to go against God's design, and I really get into this in my. Bible study this morning, if you weren't here at 10, for Bible study, when it comes out on the podcast, then you can check it out. But I talk about nurture and admonishment. And the Bible tells the fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but nurture them and admonish them. And nurture means to educate, to tutor, to teach for mind and morals. And admonish means to warn and rebuke. And so it is the father's job. That's what he gave the fathers. That's the father's position. The father should be the teacher of morality. That's why we are losing morality in our country because we're losing fathers. Yeah. You show me a weak church and I'll show you a church has weak families. And if you show me weak families, I'll show you weak families have a weak father. That's just a process. It's like I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to like say anything underhanded here. I'm just telling you that that's the way that God designed it. And when you do things in God's design, it always works better. I I I I I made this comparison in a Bible study this morning, and I said, you know, like if you buy a Lamborghini, and like you got a really nice Lamborghini, you're gonna drive like 150 on this thing, and it's so beautiful, and it's gorgeous, and I mean, why would you buy any color than 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 black? I don't understand why you would buy another color. Like, like just buy a black Lamborghini. Like, like why why red? Because like in a few days you would be like, man, I got a red car. This is red. The yellow, the cops are gonna see you, bro. Like, Buy black is the way to go. Or, or buy white. You know, you got it's just, it's, it's just easy. And, and so here you go, you got this really nice black Lamborghini, and it's beautiful. It can go like so fast, so quickly, and it looks awesome. And and then you come to the dealership and you're like, hey, I bought this Lamborghini from y'all, but it's not working. It's not working. Well, what happened? Well, I was driving it, and then I, was, I, I drove it into the ocean, and man, it only got like a few feet in the ocean, and it stopped. Like, you did what? Yeah, I drove it into because I, I was going to drive across, I was going to Hawaii, and, uh, I was gonna drive to Hawaii. And I was going to drive to Hawaii, and I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful, I, I spent over 100 grand on this car. Like, it should drive me to Hawaii. No, it's not designed to drive in the water. Why are you driving a car in the water? Well, you said it was a vehicle. Yeah, it's a vehicle, absolutely. It moves you from point A to point B. But if between point A and point B there's an ocean, you, no. You say, hey, you know, I, I bought this beautiful Lamborghini. It's not working. What, what happened? Well, I went up to, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, the Blue Ridge Mountains, and I just got, you know, I was, you know, I was just driving up through the, and I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go off road today. I'm taking this bad boy to the, to the peak. I'm taking this Lamborghini to the peak, baby. It's a vehicle. I'm going to do my thing. And you, and you took it up, and it just tore up. It just The car broke down. It's leaning off the side of the mountain right now. And, you're, and what you showed me doesn't work. And you're like, bro, you're not getting no money from us because you literally did with the vehicle what it was not designed to do. And many of us are sitting today in messed up families, messed up lives, messed up culture, messed up morality because we keep trying to do something that God didn't design it to do. God didn't design it. So, like, fathers, you are the dude. You're the guy. God. Programmed you that way, God designed you that way. That's the purpose, that's the design, that's the blueprint. Anytime we try to take it out and say, Well, you know, I'm gonna follow culture, I'm gonna do what the world's doing, like it's gonna be messed up. Why would you follow culture and the world when you can literally watch the news today and see that the culture and the world is awful? Like, like, why would you want to do that? Let's do what God said, do. And so, as Joshua's talking to the people here, he begins to give them a couple options. Now, I want you to understand that what Joshua said about, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a great message. But, but, but I want I want to just enlighten you a little bit and just show you a few little details. Joshua gave them options. He gave them two options. Here's the options. Actually, there were three. But the first two, he says, you can either serve the gods on the other side of the flood or you can serve the gods of where you are now the land of the Amorites. But as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. That's three options. That's A, B, C. Here's A. You can serve the gods that they were serving when the earth was flooded. Like the reason God got so mad and repented that he made man and destroyed the earth, you can go back and serve those gods if you want to. But we know what that's going to look like. You know, if you serve those gods, you understand exactly what you're going to get. He said, or if you don't want to serve the gods back there, you can serve the gods that are right here, right now. Let me just say something to you. The past and the present has options. There is an option in the past, and there's an option in the present. You can go back to the old you. You can go do the stuff that you was doing before you found God, you can do that. The problem is, is most of you know exactly what you're gonna get, because you know what you got. You can go back to all that stuff. You can go serve those gods back there, but but you know that was destruction, desperation, and it was awful. And th- but 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 th- there's always an option to go back and serve those gods, or. There's always an option right now, right here, right where we are. Forget yesterday. If you want a new set of gods, they are alive and well right now in this land. Like if you don't, you know, here's the deal. People are like, you know what? I don't do what I used to do, so I must be good. Now, I'm not drinking, smoking, cussing, rabble-rousing. I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing all the stuff that happened on the other side of the flood. Now... I I just serve, like, sports and success and, you know, my my time is, you know, split between a thousand different things. I I give God a sliver of my life. Like, just because you're not serving the gods on the other side of the flood doesn't mean you're not serving the gods now. There's options. You You can look back in your past and say, well, man, you know what? I'm not doing the stuff that I was doing back there. But sometimes the stuff that you're doing right now, even though it doesn't seem that bad, is still... As erroneous as the stuff that you was doing back there. Unrighteous as the stuff that you was doing back there. As awful as the stuff that you were doing back there. Because both of these things separate me from God. And listen, in my mind, in your mind, they separated us at a greater level. But in God's mind, it's still separation. Separation. Just because I'm not serving the gods that they served before the flood doesn't mean that I'm not in trouble with the gods of this land, the gods of today. Because the gods of today, they look so different than the gods of yesterday. They do. The gods that have taken control of our homes, the gods that have taken control of our lives, the gods that have taken control of our churches, they look so different than the gods of yesterday. We can look back at yesterday and the gods of yesterday were so easy to see. We could see them. You know, they were just like, they were just like, there. it was just so easy. Because you know what? There was a, a system of righteousness in the world. There really was. There was a system and a, and a program of righteousness that was in the world, and it was easy to see the wrong. But we're living in a time now that the Bible says in the end days, they will begin to call what is good evil, and what is evil good, and it's just confusing what is right, what is wrong. Look. I'm, I'm not preaching for you to run hours a day. I'm just preaching for you to think I want I, I want to make you think today. I want you to say, well hold up you know I know that I'm not doing the stuff that I was doing back there before the flood but you know what I got a few gods today right now in my life you know because these things have put God on the back burner. when I used to, you know what, What's egregious to me, what's egregious to me as a pastor, this is egregious to me. It, it it hurts my feelings. Is when I hear people that have children talk to me about the good old church days. And they'll say, Man, we went to camp and we did all this, man. We were we were back, man, we had so much fun, it was such a good time. We were speaking. I, the power of God was moving so powerfully. You know, we just we was in church every, you know, two two or three times a week, and and you know, the church was a circle of our life. And, and, and they talk about it like it's so. It's, it was just such a great time. But but then I look at them and their kids now, and they don't bring their kids to nothing. It's like, it's it, it, like like why would you talk about that like it was so beautiful, but you don't give your kids the opportunity to experience that. That, that changed your life. That made you into the man you are. That made you into the woman you are. That made you into the saint of God you are. That made you the person you are. Those experiences in your life. And now you can't give your own kids that experience because they got to play something? And, and you're busy. Like I get you're busy. And I told you, I, I can't apologize for the word, but I will meddle. So I'm meddling right now. Just, just forgive me. I'm, I'm not here to make anybody mad. But you know what I want to do? I want to get you thinking. I don't want you to get mad at me. What I want you to do is I want you to look at the gods of the before the flood and the gods of now and say, which one am I serving? I'm serving something. Like, 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 like there's, three, there's only three options here. You can serve the gods of the past. You can serve the gods of the present. Or, like, that's it. Like, we don't get, like, five or six different options here. There's not a lot of options. It's either I'm serving other gods or I'm serving the gods. But I don't I I don't get to choose. And you know, me and you, we have all these little idols that we bring into our life, and we have all this all, all these things that we bring into our work, and they're so important to us, and they mean so much to us. And 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 we make them so great, we make them so powerful. But really, in the grand scheme of things, they they really mean nothing. At some point, they they mean nothing. There will come a time in your life, and and I'm old enough to. I'm old enough now to, to, to know this for a fact that there are things that I cared about so much and I gave my time, my effort, my energy, my talent, my skills to it and I poured everything I had into it and now that I'm a 43-year-old man with three beautiful children and a beautiful wife and an amazing church, I realize it mattered nothing to me. I, I wept and cried because I couldn't go higher than I was in those things. But it meant nothing. It means nothing. It literally would have meant nothing to me now. Everything that I've done for God, that is the only thing that matters. Whatever I have done for the Lord, that is what matters because I chose. Yeah, you see, you have to make a choice. Like At some point, we have to make a choice. it has got to be a decision that we make, and then we live by it. He said, you can serve the gods of the past, you can serve the gods of the present, or, and as as for me and my house, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and they said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Like God forbid that we should forsake the God that brought us out, the God that held us up, the God that brought us out of Egypt the God that brought us to this new land. You see, if you go before this, uh, a few verses before this, Joshua was making it clear to him. He's like, look, y'all, we are living in the land that God promised us. We are eating grapes and olives from vineyards that we didn't plant. And we're living in houses that we didn't build. He's reminding them, guys, we got it good. But as we move forward, there cannot be any kind of discussion about who we're going to serve. We, we got it so good right now. God has blessed our mess. Like, like, we have all kinds of trouble going on, but God has still blessed our mess, and we got to make a decision for tomorrow. We can either serve them, or we can serve him. As for me and my house, I'm serving him. And they said, man, God forbid that, that we would forsake God and all that he's done for us to serve with the God. And the people, in verse 21, the people said to Joshua, they said, No, 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 no. We will serve the Lord. He said, that's good. That's awesome. Joshua said to the people, ye are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen the Lord. It's so important. A witness against yourself is what we call today in the legal system self-incrimination. We literally have an amendment so that you don't have to do this. Within our legal system, we have the Fifth Amendment. So you don't have to witness against yourself. No one can be persuaded to testify against themselves. You literally, we in our country we have made an amendment, so you don't have to do this. So you can just keep your mouth closed. You don't have to say anything against yourself. They can ask you a million questions and you can say, I plead the fifth. I choose not, I choose, I choose not to say anything because if I say anything, it'll incriminate me. And then, and then I'll be a witness against myself, and I don't want to be incriminated. I don't want to give myself up. I mean, if somebody else saw it, they saw it, but but me, I ain't see nothing. I don't know nothing. I ain't been nowhere. I'm not witnessing against myself, and our country has set up a program so that you don't have to. The 5th Amendment gives us the remi- the right to remain silent. Matter of fact, if today you are arrested and the police officer that is arresting you doesn't read you your Miranda rights, anything you say to him, it doesn't matter. You can say, man, I killed 27,000 people last night. But if he didn't read you your Miranda rights, he can't take that and it's, it's inadmissible in court. He has to tell you that you have the right to remain silent. That's the 5th Amendment. Because you have the right to not witness against yourself and be your own incriminator. But Joshua said, today, you are witnesses against yourself. And the people said, we are witnesses. Yeah, you witness against yourself. That means, here's what it means, that nobody is going to hold you accountable for what you said other than you. That means nobody can hold the authority over you except you because you are the only witness against yourself. What are you saying today? I'm saying to the fathers in this room, if you cannot be accountable to yourself, then you can be accountable to nobody. Here's the deal. I'm not coming to your house to make rules. You've been to church long enough you know, that's not my style. I'm not coming to your house and make a bunch of rules. You are not dropping your kids off of me and telling me to tell your kids what to do and what not to do. That's not happening. I don't pass it that way. I know guys who do. I'm not I'm not living that life. I'm not here to make rules for you. I'm not here to incriminate you. No, no, no. I'm not here to hold you accountable, sir. That's not my job. You are a witness against yourself. The stuff that you have promised No one can hold you to it except you. The stuff that you think that you might do, the stuff that you want to do, no one can hold you accountable but you. Today, today we have to get into a culture of fatherhood that says I am a witness against myself. I have told my family we will serve the Lord and nobody is going to keep that promise But me. I've told my household, hey guys we're going to church, we're going to serve God, we're doing this right and nobody is going to hold that up but me. They'll forget, they'll want to go do stuff, they'll want to get out, they'll want to go. But I'm the one who has to say, nope, I'm a witness against myself. I made a promise to God that we would serve the Lord and that's what we're going to do. And I know this may be cool and this may be fun and this seems like a good opportunity but I made a promise to God. That we would serve him. I made a promise to God. I'm a witness against myself. i have a witness against myself that I am accountable to me. No one's going to sign this paperwork but you, sir. No one's going to punch this ticket but you, sir. Your wife been trying to hold you accountable for years. How's that going for her? Don't look at her. Just keep looking at me. Don't look, Don't do that! Don't go! Don't look! My God, sir! Don't look! Just keep looking at me, man. You, she can't. Not her job. Your, your kids are never going to be able to hold you accountable, ever. I I can't hold you accountable. I know I'm your pastor, but I can't hold you accountable. I can't I can't follow you around every day. I can't check your call log right now. Who gonna come here and let me do their search history? Nay-nay. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, yeah, nobody. And I don't want to. My God, I want to sleep tonight. I don't want to see that mess. And I don't I don't care because I'm not judging. I don't, I don't care. You are you, sir. God made you priest of the home. God made you head of the home. He made you head of your wife. He made you head of your children. He made you. And you alone and nobody can witness against you but you you know what you're not doing you know what you're not accomplishing you know what you're letting go you know what you need to do better I don't got to tell you nothing today I don't have a 10-step program no you know you so hold yourself be a witness against yourself so you know what I made a promise to God and I made a promise to myself and I made a promise to my family. And I'm holding on to that promise. And I'm not stepping away from it for one minute to appease anybody else. And you know what it will do? Let me tell you what it will do. Here's what it's going to do. It's going to make your family mad. Oh, they're not going to like it. And I Really, they're not engineered to. Because it's friction. You have trouble. And here's why we don't. It's because we don't want trouble. We don't want any kind of pressure, As a man, as a father, we deal with pressure on so many levels, and it's very difficult when we come home to pressure. Pressure from children, pressure from wife, and then we got pressure from the culture. We got pressure from the world. We got pressure from media. Everybody's pressuring us. The most pressured person in this world is a father of children because everybody, the school system's pressuring you. Job's pressuring you. Business is pressuring you. This inflation is pressuring you. You're under pressure. Everything's pushing down on you. But I'm going a, I'm to a tell you today how you can alleviate some of that pressure. You can alleviate some of that pressure when you make a decision that everything rises and falls with me. The only way to carry that weight, sir, is get up under it. You ever seen somebody try to carry something heavy like over here? Like, what are you doing, man? That's not how you carry something. Like, you can't you can't carry like that. What you got to do if you really want to carry something, you got to get up under it. And when you get up under it, there's power in the position that you take. And listen, listen. I wish today, and I, I, I know I keep stopping y'all from clapping and stuff, but I'm not really preaching for that today. I'm not, I'm not preaching for that. Um, there, is a, there is a system that God wants you to stand in. And there is power when you get in the right position. And it feels heavy now, but it feels heavy because you're lifting wrong. God gave you the power to stand under it and to carry it. I, I wish today that there was some prayer I could pray. I wish that there was something in this word I could show you that's going to say, hey, man, the pressure is going to disappear. God's going to do it. Blab it and grab it. Name it and claim it. God said it. Let it be done. Give a $100 seed offering, and God's going to take it away. That ain't going to happen. You can give $100,000. You're going to leave this house under pressure. It doesn't matter. Ain't no, ain't no such thing. That's, that's for them TV preachers. It's not for me. That's not going to happen, 100%. You're going to leave this house with the same pressure that you came in. Here, here's the difference. It's a difference in people who are trying to handle that pressure from some kind of angle. That's trying to handle that pressure and, 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 and not really taking, on the, taking it on fully and just trying to just get by. If you're a father in this house today, father of children, working a job, running a business, whatever you're doing, and you're trying to halfway do it, man, you must be miserable. I I know you are because I've been right there, and there's nothing more miserable than just trying to get by. But let me tell you the secret. The secret is, is to be a witness against yourself. Because when you're a witness against yourself, then you realize it's on me. And when you decide that it's on you, then you'll get up underneath it. You'll get up underneath it. I wish, I wish that it was another way. I wish there was some other way that you can do it, but you can't. It's impossible. Here's the deal when you get under that weight and you say, you know what, it's me. It's me. I'm a witness against myself. I'm the guy. I'm the I'm the witness. I'm the judge. I'm the jury. It starts with me. It ends with me. When you decide that for yourself as a man, as a father, or a going to be father, listen, there's some young men in this church right now. You're about to be a father, or you're going to be a father in the next few years, and you need to decide this now. You don't need to wait till you get a five-year-old kid to be like, you know what, I think I might. Nah, bro, you way too late. You need to decide now, I'm going to get up under this, I'm going to take on the responsibility because I can hold the responsibility and I'm going to be the man that God called me to be and I'm not going to wait for anybody out here to come speak to me. I'm a witness against myself. I'm the guy. Now, I know that this may sound very macho to you today. You might know, this guy, he just, this pastor right here, you could tell he's ex-military. He just, he just trying to pump all these guys up, this all about, no, 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 no. This ain't got nothing to do with military, this is Bible. God didn't give you an out. God didn't give you an out. He didn't give you an option. He said, you are the priest of the home. You are the man of the house. It's on you. That's Bible. Matter of fact, I don't want to offend nobody, but the Bible clearly tells us that the wife is the weaker vessel. And you got her carrying stuff that she shouldn't be carrying. And that's why she's about to lose her whole mind. Because you keep putting weight on her that's meant for you, sir. God, listen, God built you, God built you, God built you to carry it. He didn't build her to carry it. He didn't build her that way. And it's tough. And so when wives come to me and say, it's just stressful, it's, it's, it's a mess, it's, it's trouble, I tend to be like, yeah, I get it. I understand it. You know why? Because the man isn't carrying what he should be carrying. It's on him. You don't get an out, sir. It's on you. You know what your wife is? Let me tell you what the wife is. The Bible says that God made man a help. That's what the Bible said in Genesis. I, look, don't get mad at me. Don't put me on Twitter today. Oh, my Lord, I'm not trying to get in no kind of trouble. The, this is what the Bible said. We, we keep trying to go against the biblical design, and we're in trouble. We've been doing this for too long. we got to stop it. This is what the Bible said. The Bible said that God made for him a helpmate. She's your help, sir. She's your help. She helps you. When you need help, let her know you need help. Some of the greatest things that you could do right now for your marriage is actually tell your wife, I need help. Oh, anybody want to talk back to me on a Sunday morning on Father's Day? Yeah, actually go to your wife and say, babe, I'm struggling. I need help. She can function in that role because that's the biblical role. But what, what you're doing now ain't working. Because you're not letting her know that you need need help. You you, you keep trying to be macho in front of her, but then carry no weight in real life. You got her carrying all the weight, and that's not what she's designed for. She's designed as a help meet. She's supposed to help you. So when you need help, she's there for you. But you can't put it all on her and say, carry this. That's not help. That's That's a slave. That's not what help is. That's not help. I used to be a helper on a job. I used to help on a job. I go to the job. I would help. You know what I do? I just like pick up trash and carry stuff and hand wood to people. When I showed up to be a help, if he have said, "Hey, look, get that saw. I want you to cut that board 14 inch, uh, 14 feet, uh, and uh, 14 feet, six inches, six and seven, eight inches, and, uh, and and put a bird's mouth on the end of it because we, we got to put it up here as a rafter." I'd have been like, "What?" I didn't, I didn't come to do the job, I just came to help. Guess what happened? That house would have never got built because they would have tried to get the help to do what the leader should have done. And I'm, I'm just talking about biblical precedence and biblical design. And in our homes today, in our homes today, we need men who will not ask anybody else but themselves to be the witness against themselves and say, this is on me. I'm going to get up under this thing. God designed me to carry it. Sir, you need to know this. You'll never know how good God designed you until you get up underneath it. You'll never know how powerful God made you until you get up underneath it. You'll never know how capable you are until you get up underneath it. You'll never know how good you can be until you get up underneath it. And when you get up underneath it, God will strengthen you. And you'll say, oh, wait a minute. I thought I couldn't carry it. I thought it would kill me. I thought it would crush me, but somehow God made me strong enough to carry this thing. I can carry my family. I can carry my children. I can carry my wife. Because I'm a witness. Stand with me. I'm I'm, I'm closing. I'm I'm, I'm done. I came today with intention. Uh, I really didn't want to, like, preach, preach today. Because I know that some of the things that I would have to say today would be a little bit you know, Point, a little bit pointed. I'm not I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I want to encourage somebody. I wanna discourage you. I want to encourage you. Here's what I want to encourage you with, sir. You're better than you think you are. Dad, guess what? You are better, dad, than you think you are. You could be better. Matter of fact, you can start being better today. Very rarely, very rarely does my wife pray with our children Every once in a while I say she'll, she'll say, hey I already prayed with Isaac tonight so maybe I'm busy 90 percent of the time 90 percent of the time the last voice that my son hears before he sleeps at night is my voice And that's important to me that the last voice that he hears before he lays his head on that bed is the voice of his father praying over him, telling him that God's going to watch over him. God's going to watch his dreams and his thoughts. No bad thoughts, no bad dreams. He's going to hear his father's voice thanking God for the day. God, thank you for giving us a good day. Thank you for watching over our family. Thank you for keeping us safe. He's going to hear that voice. He's going to hear the voice of his father praying. This week, Isaac went with me to a, to a camp meeting, his first time traveling with me on an extended period, just me and him to the camp meeting. And he got to see his dad in action, you know, out outside of here, you know, being that evangelist, being that guy who everybody's catering to. Hey, you okay? You, you, you need anything? Let me carry your Bible. Let me get your shirt for you, you know. And I, I was very careful. I, I, of course, I, I never mentioned this to Isaac this week. but. I was just very careful that my son saw me interact with people who thought I was great. Let me say that again. This this week, I had intentionality about how my son saw me treat people that thought I was amazing. That's important to me. It's important to me. Because I wanted my son to see me treat people that thought I was like, oh my God, you're all that in a bowl of grits. Just like normal people, regular people. Love them. Tell them they're awesome. Thank you so much. Treat them with kindness and respect because they're in a school on this planet that's going to teach your kid kindness. They got to see it in a father who treats people good. Now, my boys heard me preach. My boys heard me pray. But very rarely has my son been in a moment with just me and him where he saw me interact with people that thought I was cool. And, and, and I hope that one day when, when my son is anointed of God and in some camp meeting preaching and little kids come to tell him something to bother him that he stops and he looks people in the eye and he says yes yeah, thank you and talks to people and encourages people and loves on people. That's important to me as a father. That's my job. That's my job. I take that job seriously. That's what I want. You see, it's more than just praying by the bedside. Thank God for that. But how do your kids see you every day? Now, I'm a witness against myself. You see, I took this vow long ago that I would be a witness against myself. And absolutely, there are times in my life when I have needed reminding. And there's been moments in my marriage when I realize, you know what? I got this woman carrying too much. And there's been times when I've had to reset and get back underneath it. Say, oh, whoa. time out, time out. That's on me. And we all fall short. We all have trouble. We all have good days, bad days. Absolutely, every one of us. But in my bad days, in my bad days, when I I know I'm not doing exactly, you know, what I should do, you know, maybe I'm missing a little bit, the benefit that I have is that there's nobody to blame but me. And let me tell you, fathers in this house, what I'm preaching to you today is a biblical word but it's also one of the greatest things that you're ever going to hear. Stop blaming everybody but you. Because every time you blame somebody, every person you blame, you, you give them a little bit of the weight. Every time you blame your situation, you give your situation weight. Every time you blame your children, you give your children weight. Every time you blame your wife, you give her weight. Every time you blame your circumstance, you give it weight. Every time you blame your your, your boss or your your job, you give it weight. And now, everything is weighted down but you because you blamed everybody else. And none of these people can carry what you need to carry. And now you have no power because you've given it away. But when you're a witness against yourself, and you know what, you say, you know what, this is my fault, this is on me. I got to do better, I got to get right. When you start doing that, guess what? You take it back. And you put it back on yourself. You say, no, th- no, that's on me. My bad, that's my fault. And you start taking on that blame. Can I tell you, Father, in this house today, you can carry it. I don't, I, I don't care. I, I don't care what you think about yourself. I'm telling you that God has designed you to carry it. He's given you the structure. He's given you the design. He's given you the heart, the mentality, the spirit. You, you just don't know you can because you you've never tried. I'm saying stop a- asking everybody in the world to be a witness, be a witness against yourself and say it's me. It's me. I'm the one that made the promise. I'm the one that made the decision. It's on me. I take the blame. And when you take that blame and you take that weight on you, you realize, I can carry this. I carry this. And you see the shift in your family. You see that things get better for them when you take it on. Just like Jonah in that boat. They're throwing over everything, and nothing's getting better. And they say, man, what what are we going to do? And the lot falls on Jonah. Jonah says, it's me. I'm the one. It's me. I'm the problem. The reason that we're having this big storm tonight is because I've been an idiot. The reason why we're going through all of this is because I'm running from God. The reason why we're having all this trouble is because I didn't do what God told me to do. That's my But You know what? Throw me over. Oh, no, Pastor Chavis, I, don't do that. I can't, I can't take me and thrown over. Don't worry about it. God's already designed something for you. Throw, throw me over. The Bible says they threw Jonah overboard, and when he landed in the water, the Bible said the storm ceased for them. God had already put a structure in place to take care of Jonah. the storm ceased for the Mariners I wonder how many families could stop fighting all the fights you're fighting if someone would just say it's me I'm to blame I'll take on the blame I'll get underneath it and I'll say you know what I'm going to carry this thing I'm going to do better I'm going to do right I'm going to stop blaming everything on everything else everybody else my past my, my, my parents my mom my dad my wife my kids and it's me it's me It's me. I'm going to do better because I promise you, sir, you can carry that. I'd like every father, if you would, to come to this altar today. We're going to do a little bit different altar call. I'd like every father to come to the the altar. And I would like every young man who's either about to be a father or you're going to be a father soon. Just, Just come forward. I'm looking at today. I'm looking at extremely capable men. I'm not looking at one weakling. I'm not looking at one man that can't do it. You know, everybody else can, but not you. No. Nope. That's that, that that that's us talking. But that ain't that, that Bible. That Bible tells me that you've been uniquely designed by God to carry this thing. You've been uniquely structured by your heavenly Father. And the first covenant that God made in the Bible, the first covenant that God made in the Bible, this is very interesting, the first covenant that God made in the Bible, you know what he did? He took an oxen and he tore it in two. And he, he lay that oxen on the ground. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God Walked through the middle of that oxen with the guts and the blood, was and God said, If I back up on this covenant, let me let it be done to me. That was what done this. This is what God said, and the Bible says, And God swore against himself that God was a witness. He said, I'm telling you, there's nobody else for me to swear by. I swear by myself that I'll never back up on my promise to you that God himself showed us that he he was his own witness and there's some men today you need to make a covenant with yourself you to make a covenant with God and say you know what I can do this I'm strong enough, I'm capable enough and God's made me capable enough to do this and and, and today's a new day this is a new season and and listen There's some wives in here. You need to hear this too. This is not a topic of discussion for you, ma'am. We don't leave here today and you start nitpicking everything I said in this message. That's not help. Let me say it again. That's not help. That's hurt. That's that's not what that is. When this man decides I'm going to be the father of this home, I'm going to do it. What you need to do is say, yes, sir. Yes, babe. Absolutely, I'm behind you, 100%. I'll be your help. Let me know when you need something because I'm your help. Because every man up here today, God has called you for this right here. Every father would like you to bow your head. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.